0: Today we turn to Psalm 23. This is an ancient and applicable text. It's both powerful and prophetic. I'm going to dissect this text and quickly go through it so that we understand what the meaning of this is for our lives today. Let's dive right in. Psalm 23, verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd. This writer wants us to know that something or someone is guiding your life. You might be the guide of your own life. You might say, I make my own decisions. I do what I want to do. I go where I want to go. Still others might say something like, you know, my career is guiding me. The trajectory of my future is based on what I do for a living. Still there might be others that are saying, I don't even know why I do what I do. Maybe that's an addiction in your life. You keep coming back that, to that which is harming you. Yet this writer lets us know today that we can know with confidence who is guiding your life. The Lord Is my shepherd. This writer lets us know that the Lord, see the ancient Hebrew word here is Yahweh. That is the self revealing one, the all encompassing I am who I am. The great God is my guide. The Lord is my shepherd. Would you notice the tense here? It's not past tense, it's not future tense. The Lord is, not the Lord was, not the Lord will be. The Lord is. My shepherd. We have a right now God, a God that wants to meet you wherever you are. The Lord is my shepherd. Would you notice how personal this is? This is not a religion. This is not some ancient, distant deity. This is a real living God that you can have a relationship with. The Lord is my shepherd. You get a relationship with God. Would you notice the role in this relationship? If the Lord is the shepherd, that means we are the sheep. Now, sheep are not exactly the smartest animals. We've got to understand our dependence on God. In fact, we're quite helpless without God. When he's our shepherd, he's our guide. And we know exactly where we're going. When the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. What a wonderful statement. I have all that I need. Another translation says, I lack nothing. Can you be content with who God is? Is God enough for you? When the Lord is my shepherd, I could be content in no matter what situation I find myself in. I can understand he's my provider, my protector, and he's the one that cares for me. Furthermore, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. I can know where I'm going because of my guide. You see, this author, David, he, although he was the second king of Israel, when he thinks of God, he thinks of him as a shepherd. He looks back to his days as a shepherd boy when he, he would protect the sheep. He would provide for them. He would care for them. He would lead them to the right places. And he looks at this relationship we ha- he has with God, and he could look and understand, God's going to take me where I need to be. You can either lie down on your own, or God will make you lie down. You see, sheep are much different than goats, Goats will go just about anywhere. Goats will eat just about anything. But sheep, they need just the right thing. They need to be led to that pasture. And you know, sheep actually won't lie down in any situation. They need to trust the shepherd. They need to have comfort. They need to know they're safe and secure. If if they have fear or they have some sickness or illness or there's flies around, they will not lie down. But when the Lord is my shepherd, he makes me lie down in green pastures. There's a a picture of peace. He leads me beside still waters, which means he gives me living water. He doesn't lead me to the dead water with bacteria or the rushing water that could sweep me away. He is my living water. Maybe like Jesus, we could understand, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, that we would go after what God wants for our lives, that we would see he's leading us to the perfect place of peace. Furthermore, He restores my soul. This is what kind of God we have. He restores that which is wrong. He not only leads me and guides me, but he gets me back on track. He restores my head, he restores my heart, and he restores my soul. God is in the restoration business. He knows that in your brokenness, he could bring you back to the right place. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. God knows where he's taking you. In fact, his ways are better than your ways. Sheep are prone to wander. We have a saying in our culture, not all who wander are lost. Sometimes you could be lost and not even know it, but God wants to guide you on the right path. That word righteousness means a right standing with God. He wants to lead you into a right standing with God for his glory, for his name's sake. I wonder if you know this today. Do you know how to have a right relationship with God? You can, because when you do, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, the picture of a valley is a low place. You know, we will all have these low places in life. We will all have these times where we are low, and you wonder, will you ever get back on the mountain? The picture the psalmist describes here is a picture of a valley, and up on top is, is Mount Zion. It's the city of God. They, they, you want to get to a place, but you're not quite there yet. But even though I find myself in the valley, yeah, I want you to notice what the writer says here. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, Do you notice here? We don't stop in the valley. We don't stay in the valley. This is no place to lay down in the valley. Even though I go through the valley of the shadow of death, I'm going to keep walking. This is just a journey. God's going to get me where I need to be. I'm going to walk with Him. This is no time to stop, even though you're in the place you don't want to be. I know I'm speaking to someone today. If you find yourself in a low place, if you find yourself in a dark place, don't stop now. If you have suicidal thoughts, I'm here to tell you those thoughts are not of God. He's a life giver. Don't stop now. Don't give up. Keep walking with God. He's going to get you where you need to go. This writer says it's the valley of the shadow of death. A shadow is just a projection. It's not the real thing. Many people today fear death. Many people fear the low places, but I want you to hear what this writer David says. He declares this, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. I will fear no evil, for you are with me. I want you to know this today. God doesn't want you to fear. When you have faith in him, you know who he is, and you know he will never leave you. In any circumstance, in any situation, no matter where you find yourself, God will meet you there. You know, in Jesus' last words before he ascended into heaven, the promise he gives to us in Matthew 28, verse 20, he says, And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. This is found in what's called the Great Commission. Do you know no quarantine can stop the Great Commission? Jesus says, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. And then he challenges us to go make disciples. He doesn't say this looks one certain way. He doesn't say it's fit in this package or this box or this particular ministry. But he says that we ought to go and make disciples. And he says he will be with us. He will never leave us. He will never forsake us. What an awesome promise of Jesus. No matter what situation you find yourself in, no matter where you find yourself, Jesus is going to be with you. The writer of Hebrews says something similar with a warning. Listen to Hebrews 13:5. Keep your life free from the love of money. Too many people today put their hope in money. Hope in itself is, uh, uh, money itself is not bad. Money itself is not evil. It's when you begin to love money more than you love God. It's when you hope in money more than you hope in God. But the writer says, keep your life free from the love of money and be content with what you have. When the Lord is your shepherd, you shall not want. Now the writer of Hebrews goes on to say, for he has said, I will never leave you, nor forsake you. These are the same words that God said to Joshua. Joshua, when he was handed the leadership of Israel, he he was leading in unknown times. He was heading into a place he's never been before. He was about to face big battles. He was going to face great giants. He was going to go against great fortified walls, but God said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. This is why Joshua could be strong and courageous. And these words are still true today. The God of Joshua can be your God as well. What David said long ago can still be true for you as well. I will fear no evil for you are with me. This is a wonderful comfort to know that God is with you. Furthermore, he says, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You know, this really comes with maturity, to understand that that God is not only with you, but he's going to comfort you in the right situations. You see, a rod would be a device that a shepherd would have on their belt to, to, to use to defend the, the sheep. The, a rod would be used to protect the sheep against an enemy. The staff was, was a walking staff. It was a shepherd's staff that they would use on their long journeys, but it also doubled to guide the sheep when necessary. It had a hook at the end of it that if a sheep was ever in a place they ought not be, the shepherd would use the staff to get them unstuck. What a wonderful picture that God gets you unstuck. That with maturity, you begin to understand that he comforts you, that no matter what situation or circumstance you find yourself in, God is going to get you out of that. That God is going to protect you. He's going to defend you. That's when you begin to understand that God is for you. And if he is for you, who can be against you? This is why you can be more than a a conqueror, because his rod and staff, they comfort me this is to understand that our god is a god of comfort like what paul wrote to the church in corinth in second corinthians chapter 1 he says these words blessed be the god and father of our lord jesus christ the father of mercies and god of all comfort if you've got your own bible i would just underline those words god of all comfort If you don't have a Bible, I would just reiterate it in the comments right now. Retype that. We have the God of all comfort. Not some comfort, not a few comforts. We have the God of all comfort who comforts us in our affliction so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. For as we share in abundantly in Christ's suffering, so through Christ we share abundantly in comfort too. Here's what Paul is telling the church. God is going to comfort you, not so that you would be comfortable, but that you would comfort others in their affliction that you would understand that what Christ went through in his suffering was so that he would comfort you, and then you would be able to help comfort others. God has a great plan for your life. Just as he comforts you, you could let somebody know, if God did it for me, he could do it for you. If God got me out of this mess, he could do it for you. If his rod and his staff comforts me, he can do it for you. Furthermore, we're told, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. This is a picture of a banqueting table. It's a picture of celebration. It's a picture of a feast. It's a picture of abundance. It's a picture of great joy and celebration. This is before your enemies. Now, we all have enemies. Enemies come in many different forms. For some, the enemy is the unknown. It's not knowing what's going to happen tomorrow. And because of that, it wreaks havoc with your head, with your heart, and with your life. For some it's the enemy of the economy in a downturn when the, when the economy tanks all of a sudden your life is disraveled and it's interrupted still for some the the enemy is an addiction that just is destroying your life but I want you to know with Jesus that he's preparing a table you have victory and that that nothing can stop our God he is greater than any enemy And one day you're going to get to celebrate what God has done for you. He has prepared this table before the presence of your enemy. Our God is a great provider. He's a great protector. And you're going to see that he is victorious. Furthermore, we're told, you anoint my head with oil. Oil is symbolic in so many ways. In fact, the word oil is used more than 200 times throughout the Bible. Oil is symbolic of the Holy Spirit. Many times we see oil has so many different effective uses, particularly for a shepherd with the sheep. You see, a shepherd would use it if a sheep was stuck to to remove the head from a a stuck place. If the sheep had had an injury on the head, the oil would be used for medicinal purposes. If there was dry or cracked skin, the oil would be poured on the skin and, and the oil would then be absorbed into the skin and bring forth life. I wonder if you see this imagery of the Holy Spirit being anointed on your head from the top to the bottom. If you have a dry heart, if you feel you have a cracked life, God the Holy Spirit wants to be absorbed in your life. God wants to give you what you need. He is the great healer. He wants to anoint you with purpose from your head to your toes. He anoints you even further. My cup overflows. God doesn't give you just enough. He's the giver of abundance. He gives grace upon grace so that you then would give it to others. You would demonstrate what God's doing in your life, that if he anoints you with oil, let that oil overflow into others, that you would let them know what kind of great God you have, that he's anointed you, and that he can do it with them as well. What a great God we have. And then finally, we come to the last verse. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Surely, now this isn't just the name of a woman. Surely, this is a sure thing. This isn't a might be. This isn't a maybe. This is a sure thing. It used to be in the days of old when when I looked over one shoulder, I saw shame. When I looked over the other, I saw guilt. I used to look beside me and I felt alone. I used to look in front of me and I was full of fear. But when I believed in Jesus, it changed everything. All of a sudden, I looked back and on one side, I saw goodness because God is good. And on the other side, I saw mercy because his mercies are new every morning. So all of a sudden now, I've got goodness and mercy chasing me down. And now I look to the side and I see my shepherd because he does not leave me nor forsake me. Now I look in front of me and I know I have a future because my God is in front of me. He's preparing a table before my enemy. Surely goodness and mercy will follow Follow me, not just today, not just yesterday, but all the days of my life. Here's why I have hope, that what God did with David, he's still doing today. I have a hope and a future because God takes my mess. And he makes a wonderful message. My God's able to work all things together for good. You see, when the Lord is my shepherd, I lean into him. I look to him. I want him to be the director and guide of my life. You might be wondering today, how can I have this right relationship with God? Jesus in John chapter 10, verse 10 is speaking. And he says this, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I came that they might have life and have it abundantly. I want you to know this. Jesus is the great life giver. In the very next verse, Jesus says this in John ten eleven. He says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. See, the person whom David was writing about in Psalm 23 is Jesus. He is the great life giver. He is the fullness of goodness and mercy. He is the fullness of grace and truth. You see, in Jesus, you have a good shepherd that was willing to lay down his life so that you can live, that you would understand that no one can steal this joy from you. In fact, Jesus gives this life abundantly so that he would be the shepherd of your life. Jesus is my great provider. Jesus is my great protector. Jesus is the power to defend me from any enemy. I wish I had time to exegete John chapter 10 because Jesus says so much more. He wants a relationship with you. Jesus says that his sheep know the voice of the shepherd. You can go read the entirety of John chapter 10 and see how great God is. He knows you wonderfully and he wants you to know him intimately that the Lord would be your shepherd. This can be the truth for your life today. This does not have to be out there. This does not just have to be something that churches say or or religions do. The Lord is my shepherd can be a promise in your life. You see, everything changes with Jesus. Let me just close with the last line of Psalm 23. David writes, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The term house of the Lord is, is used for the tabernacle or temple. It was the meeting place of God When someone wanted to meet with God, they would go to the temple. In fact, some people would travel days just to get to the temple to meet with God. But here's what you can know. You don't have to travel to a temple to meet with God. You no longer need to bring a sacrifice to the temple. But you can actually have God in your heart where your life now, your body is the temple. When you believe in Jesus, you actually get the Holy Spirit. Your life becomes a dwelling place of God. No longer do you need to travel to meet with God. No longer do you need to give a sacrifice for he laid down his life as the great sacrifice so that you can know no matter what, the Lord is with you. If Jesus defeated death, After he died, he was buried. On the third day, he rose from the grave. You can know that even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. You see, David wrote about God being a shepherd as a description because it was familiar for him. For many of us, we've never been shepherds, although we can understand this meaning from a distance. But I want you to know God is so much more than just a shepherd. Jesus himself said, I am the light of the world. Jesus himself said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus himself said, I am the door. You see, if you want to get to God, you go through Jesus. But he's more than just the door. He's a deliverer. He will deliver you from your sins. I want you to know he's more than just a deliverer. The Bible says Jesus is the Alpha and Omega, which means he's the beginning and the end. He knows how it all started because he was there in the beginning, and he knows how it ends. But he's more than just the Alpha and Omega. He's the author and perfecter of our faith. Here's what that means. He can rewrite your story. He's an incredible author. He's the master storyteller. And when you believe in Jesus, he rewrites your story because he's the author and perfecter of our faith. But he's even more than that. He's an advocate. He is for you like a lawyer who's fighting on your behalf. Jesus can be exactly what you need. I mean, Jesus is a lot. But he's more than that. He wants to be the sustenance of your life. Jesus himself said, I am the bread of life. That you would feast on him and find your satisfaction in him alone. That you would realize I shall not want means that he is enough. That you could build your life upon Jesus. For he is the chief cornerstone, the foundation. But he's more than just the chief cornerstone, the foundation. He's the king of all kings. You get to have a relationship with a great and mighty king. But he's more than just a king. He was the lamb of God that was slain for your sins. His blood was shane, uh, slain just like a lamb is led to the slaughter. His blood was shed. He was slaughtered not because he deserved death. He who is without sin took our sin, like a lamb that was slaughtered. But he's not just the lamb of God that was slaughtered for your sin. He is the lion of the tribe of Judah. He is ferociously strong. He is mighty. He is great. He leads for he is a conqueror, the mighty one, the Messiah, the great high priest, our mediator. See, Jesus is the risen Lord. He is the Christ, the chosen one of God. He defeated death so that you can live. You see, Jesus is more than just one description of a shepherd. He actually wants to be your Savior, the supreme creator of all, the one in which all things were made by him and for him, wants to have a relationship with you. So today I wonder, where are you with this relationship with Jesus? Maybe you, you knew about him. Maybe you used to have a relationship with him. Maybe this is new for you. I want you to know wherever you are, it's never too late with God. Today could be your day to have a right relationship with him. Today could be your day where you pray with him. Today could be your day where you say, God, I want you to start guiding my life. I no longer want to do it on my own. Maybe your life feels empty. Jesus says, I'm the true vine. The only way to have real fruit in your life is to be a branch that's connected to the vine. Jesus is the victorious one. The way that you can be more than a conqueror is by believing in him. See, Jesus can be exactly what you need him to be. He's the prince of peace. He gives you a peace that surpasses understanding. A pill can't give that to you. A government can't give it to you. It can't be legislated or or regulated. This is the peace that guards your heart and your head in Jesus. This is the same one in which the, the angels declared, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. You get a relationship with Him. When times get difficult, when times are good, you can know who it is that leads you and guides you. The Lord Is my shepherd. I shall not want. What wonderful words. Would you just say, The Lord is my shepherd with me, wherever you are right now? Maybe you're with a group of people or maybe you're alone. Would you say those five words? The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. Say it with me again. This time I'm gonna say it a little slower. Just let that sink in like oil. The Lord is my shepherd. This can be your prayer today. Maybe you make that personal, Lord, I want you to be my shepherd. Maybe you need to proclaim this so that it would be powerful in your life, that it would be greater than your circumstances. Wherever you are, you can make that your prayer. I'm going to end with prayer right now, and then we'll sing some more songs. But I want you to know that this great God is worthy of your life. It's worthy of you surrendering your heart to follow after him. Let's pray. God, I thank you for your word. I thank you for what you've done for us, that Jesus, you are the good shepherd, so we trust in you. Today, and during this prayer, if you, if you wanna follow Jesus, you could pray something like this in your heart. Just make this personal. Say, Jesus, I need you. I wanna follow you. Forgive me of my sins. I wanna receive the gift of the Holy Spirit so that no matter where I go, you'll be with me as well. I will fear no evil, for you are with me. And then we always pray in Jesus' name, amen. Well, today, if you prayed that prayer, we would love to hear from you. We're going to sing some more songs. So if you're at home, would you stand up and get ready to sing? Would you crank up the volume for God is worthy of praise? We want you to join us in the singing for our God is worthy of you giving your voice to. We're so grateful that we get to celebrate God together.